You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, The Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to The Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey and we're the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? I am. Right. You got that right, my friend. You just crossed over into the trend zone in today's episode. We'll talk about last week's wild card action. We'll touch on the coaching carousel. And of course, we'll preview all the coming games in divisional round action. But before all that, Casey, let's get it started with the nug for the people. I have to confess, Dave, I'm partially dead inside, but I am still <laughs> ready for our trip into the trend zone. So all right, nug will bring my spirits up a little bit. You know, we're some Dip sickos in. and we watch every single thing. But the NFL, uh, its demise was a little premature. You know, everybody said all <laughs> oh, the numbers were down. Not this case, dude. Over Super Wildcard Weekend, over 102 million total viewers tuned in it was a three-day extravaganza which was delightful and the games averaged over 30 million per that's tv and digital and that's up 21 percent over last year the second highest wild card weekend since 2015 and if that wasn't enough dave 34 billion total minutes of super wild card weekend coverage consumed oh yeah baby it is alive (laughs) well the highest total on record wow yeah of course, Casey. People are still eating the NFL up. It was something like 47 of the top uh, 50 uh, shows this year were NFL games. So it's no surprise that the NFL is king and that they're dominating the numbers like this. No surprise at all to me, Casey. Mm-hmm. We know it. <laughs> all right. Let's move into the top 20 stories. Um, last week, we talked about all the uh, Black Monday coaches getting the axe, but one of them was left over, thought he might have been able to retain his job. Not so fast. Yeah, the Houston Texans, they fired Dave Coley, and it was kind of a shocker, dude. Well, it wasn't a shocker, but they did this cat dirty, man. Did they bring him in just to fire him a year later? Winning yes. any games. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the answer is yes. But winning any games with the turmoil with that roster was an amazing deal. And what impressed me the most was how hard they played down the stretch. You know what I mean? And I think he yeah. did a great job, but um, sacrificial lamb there i suppose yeah there was a no no win scenario as we know with all the turmoil that they had in the offseason the uh, the roster turnover was absolutely out of control new gm uh for rookie quarterback i mean you couldn't uh you know and cully he did the best he could you know totally but, and you know just uh the 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 draining of the Deshaun Watson on the franchise and the players, the coach, he oh. didn't seem to let that get to him right. and still had those guys pretty motivated without a lot of talent there. But Dave, so Coley's gone. That's another job there. Um, Bisaccia might've coached his way into at least an interview to stay with the Raiders, but yes. there's a name out there that uh, is creeping into the uh, silver <laughs> and black. Yeah. This is a possibility. Casey Harbaugh might be, uh, curious he might be nfl curious at this point after maybe taking uh michigan as far as they can go uh at the college level there it's a tough tough situation you know having not beaten his rivals for so long there but finally gotten them kind of over the top got the team to the playoffs and now it looks like he may be eyeballing a gig in the nfl and there is word right casey that that he would be interested in fact in the in the in the raiders position 
Oh, yeah, especially after taking that huge pay cut at Michigan to stay mm-hmm. there. And then he, you know, kind of had a bounce back year getting the Wolverines into the college playoffs. So um, his name is hot again. So you know that the Davis family likes to uh, get that sizzle with any, uh, you know, coaching hire they get. But all these jobs are still open. I think it's going to take a little while before anybody pulls the trig, especially with like the Bills still going and the Chiefs. We'll see some of these coordinators getting sucked up, yeah. but I think it's going to take a little longer. Well, and Harbaugh, like you mentioned, took the pay cut. This might be a, a power play to uh, secure himself a better deal down there uh, as well. And if the Raiders are going to make a move, they better get going because, like you said, everybody's higher. You know, it seems to be interviewing everybody right now, you know, with the exception of these uh, coaches that are in demand that are in the playoffs still who will get a uh, obviously have less availability. The the Raiders are behind schedule if they are going to make a move there. So, yeah, dude. And, you know, as soon as like one uh, pin drops, they're all going to start going. So it's yeah. definitely the domino effect coming up on us soon. No question, Casey. OK, let's peek back at last week's uh, wild card losers, Casey. Uh, the draft is coming into shape a little bit. I know where my team lands at 17 for the Chargers. <laughs> um, go through uh, last weekend's uh, departures from the um, Super Bowl dream category. Yeah, their third pick of the first round for the Philadelphia Eagles comes in at 19, followed by the Steelers, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Cardinals, and the 24th pick of the 22 NFL draft will be my Dallas Cowboys, Dave. I didn't see that <laughs> one coming, and um, it sucks to be onto the draft as much as I like to draft. I didn't want to start looking that till the end of February. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world, Casey. Analyze Ugh. draft, mock drafts, et cetera, et cetera. All right, Casey, we're going to go quick back and look at the, at how those uh, six teams arrived at positions 19 through 24, taking a look at last week's games. I'll set you up. It was uh, starting with the Bengals defeating the Raiders 26 to 19. Yeah, and the Bengals came out pretty sharp in this, and as they've done all season long, the Raiders clawed their way back into it. The biggest controversy out of this game was the inadvertent whistle, mm-hmm. which the refs say it wasn't inadvertent, and then yeah. they came back and said, oh, yeah, it was. Um, you know, the rule is if that whistle blows, the play is dead. I don't care what happened. doesn't uh, matter what part of it, it happened in. The play mm-hmm. should have been blown dead. On that play, the Bengals did get a touchdown, and it turns out that was the uh, – you know, deciding game touchdown. winner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the other side a little bit, Casey. I, I understand what you're saying by the letter of the law, but that whistle was literally the ball was like a foot away from his hands when that yeah. when that whistle uh, blew. And I think it didn't have any impact on the field of play. I get your letter of the law thing there uh, with the way it's it, that it's supposed to be ruled in that circumstance. But I think uh, it was fine. And I don't know how they came out and said that it didn't blow a little early because we all watched the replay like 15 yeah. times and it blew a little bit early. So and then they pulled Boger's uh, crew off of any future of uh, this playoff. So something yeah. doesn't. <laughs> no, for no reason uh, whatsoever, right? <laughs> yeah, but what you got to also take away from this game is the Bengals are a fun and exciting team. We'll get yep. into a little bit, but if you're looking for a stack next year in fantasy, boy, Joe <laughs> B and Jamar Chase, wow. Yeah, Coming no out question. party for Chase, dude. Nine for 116. Impressive. All right, the next game, Casey, it was the Bills 
destroying the Patriots 47 to 17. It didn't even seem that close, though. I mean, but I guess, you know, 30 points is is a is a trouncing. So, yeah, what's most shocking to me is that the Bills only scored six points in the third quarter. (laughs) It seemed like it was much more than that. (laughs) They came out just on fire, dude. Yeah. a couple of years ago, we said, man, if the Bills could get a number one receiver, they could really do some stuff. And they went out and got Stephon Diggs. And then this year, it was like, man, if they could ever just figure out how to run the ball, they'd be really dangerous. Well, they figured it out. Devin Singletary's last two weeks of the regular season were great. And then yeah. on Saturday night, 80 yards and two touchdowns. That was one of the most impressive wins I've seen in a long time, man. They yeah, might be heating up at the right yeah. time. Right, maybe. Hopefully they didn't do it too soon because that is like a near-perfect game. And they unleashed Josh Allen's legs like I, th- I thought they would. And like you said, they're, they're a legitimate run team now with what they're doing uh, running the football there. All right, Case, up next, the next game. Buccaneers taking care of business against the Eagles 31-15. to yeah, dude. And, you know, people have power rankings and all this crap and teams that they think are favorite until Tom Brady is out of the postseason. It's Tom Brady's world, baby. And we are yeah. just living in it, man. So impressed with what he does in the post. But I was really impressed how getting all those bodies back on that defense for the Bucks, they look like yeah. that lockdown defense from last year's Super Bowl run. So they're getting healthy at the right time. And uh, TB12, you know, he's got this postseason on lock, bro. No doubt. And and the Buccaneers, uh, you know, they down a bunch of receivers there. They still looked like the number one scoring offense, you know, down the running backs. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn played well. On the other side, real quick for the Eagles, I think Hertz uh, did enough to uh, to show that he may be able you may be able to build a team around him when you combine his running and passing. Um, uh, you know, he's something that you could conceivably win uh, a Super Bowl with. Yeah, and I don't know if it would have mattered on the end of this game, but early on that uh, roughing the passer that Brady got on a little hip check <laughs> just really killed any mo that the Eagles have, and they just yeah. couldn't recover after that. So Yeah, they seem- seemingly needed a perfect game uh, to get that done. All right, Case, up next. Uh, sorry about this one. This is Ugh. a sore spot for you as the 49ers edge out the Cowboys 23-17 to in a close one. Yeah, just so disappointing the way that the Cowboys came out, just really not ready for this game. And it almost seemed like they didn't know what the Niners were going to do. And the rest of us knew. We knew they were going to run the ball and they were going (laughs) to play tough defense and get a lot of pressure with that. And do a lot of Tebow, right? Yeah, and he was... Yeah, he was billed as expected. He had a phenomenal game. Cowboys just too sloppy, dude. There was a couple of terrible calls in this early. Um, the offsides on Gregory with the, was a leg move by Trent Williams. But, dude, yeah. when you have 14 penalties, you're going to get sizzled on a couple of them. You just can't be that sloppy in the biggest game of the season. And it was something we saw reoccur all season with these guys. They beat the crap out of uh, lame teams, and they were just close to you know, beating good teams, but they didn't get over the hump there. And then late in the game, obviously, with the last play of the game, uh, pop, pop, 20 year, twenty yards, 20 years behind that last play, couldn't get the ball <laughs> set. Um, that was just sloppy. I don't know if they're going to score on the, uh, you know, a 25-yard play to end the game, but it would have been nice to see it happen. Just too sloppy. And um, that was the MO for the Cowboys this year, you know. Yeah, a lot of talent, but didn't yeah. play well. And to play devil's advocate for you there, Casey, um, you know, on that play, Dak could have slid five yards earlier, yep. given him a couple more seconds. Dak could have talked to the official before the play and said, make sure you're hustling. We're running a draw. 
he could have handed the ball instead of to his center to the official that was going to spot it. That way, everybody could have lined up right instead of him re-spotting the football, which arguably was uh, incredibly annoying. Uh, but you got to look at this Niners team. They did what they wanted to do, and they ran the football effectively and played efficient football. And Debo, like I said, uh, yards from scrimmage. This guy's a... Oh, yeah. And they were over 100 yards rushing before halftime. In that first drive, they just came down and moshed on the Cowboys. They took the game out of Jimmy G's hands. Yeah. And that was the Cowboys chance to stay in it, you know, force Jimmy to beat you. And uh, he didn't have to. All right. The weekend finalized with the Chiefs handling the Steelers 42 to 21, doubling them up. Yeah, when you tuned in to the second quarter and saw that the Steelers were up 7 nothing, you're like, whoa, is something happening here? No, <laughs> no nothing's happening here. It's oh. just the Chiefs. Mahomes, dude, 400 yards and five touchdowns. Travis Kelsey with a, a touchdown pass, too. It looks like these guys are heating up at the right time. And Jarek McKinnon had a really nice game at running back for these guys. So they mm-hmm. seem to be playing the type of football that you need to be playing moving into the uh, into the playoffs. And it was it was a sexy game by the Chiefs. Yeah, they got a couple of other receivers involved, too, which I thought yeah. was pretty nice uh, for the Chiefs as well. Casey, did I say the weekend wrapped up with that Sunday night game? Yeah, well, for a wild card weekend, Dave, that would have been the wrap. But you forgot, my friend, it was a super <laughs> wild card weekend. That's correct, my friend. And that is why we had a Monday night special. It was our Los Angeles Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals, and the Rams handled it with a 34-11 to dismantling of the Cardinals. Yeah, and it was impressive by the Rams on both sides of the football there. They really brought it. um, Really starting to get OBJ involved in this offense, and that could be scary moving forward. Cooper Mm -hmm. Cup, you can't slow this guy down, but also Sony Michelle, dude. He had a really nice game running the ball. How about Cam Akers coming back, dude? I know we heard it a million times, torn Achilles, but to see him out there doing that was insane. And Von Miller is healthy, and that pass rush and Aaron Donald really just destroyed the Cardinals, and that Kyler take the safety there instead of just yeah. flipping it up. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I'll make that a pick six instead. Um, Cardinals just, you know, fell off the cliff after about yeah. week 10, and the Rams just the opposite. I think they were, what, counting this six and one down the stretch? Yeah, absolutely. The moment was too big for Kyler and company and, and Kingsbury. Um, that's their MO. You just mentioned it. And on the other side, congratulations, Matthew Stafford. Uh, first win in the postseason in his career. He's got tons and tons of numbers. This didn't have that particular number. He's got a postseason victory. Let's see how far they can take it. Should be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's setting up some nice divisional action this weekend, dude. Speaking of Casey, it's time we roll into the game previews. Let's go ahead and get things started. Uh, with the early Saturday game, it is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Titans are at home in this one, favored by three and a half. Let's get it started with the Titans on offense. Yeah, you know, they make their money running the football, and obviously they lost Derrick Henry around week eight or nine. He's still their leading rusher, but he might be back in this game, dude. And even if he's not, your guy Foreman has been awesome running the football for the Titans. Yeah, I mean— Let's talk about still led by Derrick Henry in basically a little more than half a season with 869 yards. But Foreman really has come along very nicely. They struggled for a couple of games in the middle of the season to find somebody. And Foreman came out of nowhere. He's coming back from an Achilles from a couple of years back. 689 scrimmage yards for Foreman. So a really uh, nice, uh, nice contribution from Foreman. If they can get anything from Henry 
resembling what he was before. <laughs> this will be an amazingly physical one-two punch at the running game. Yeah, and you got to be impressed by, you mentioned Derrick Henry. That's one of the biggest players in the league. This team, the Titans, have lost so many offensive players during the season, and now they're starting to get healthy. Um, they did struggle in the passing game, but that was because Julio Jones missed a bunch of time. Um, A.J. Brown missed a bunch of time, but these yeah. guys are back and healthy, and that's the play action that really makes Ryan Tannehill's game go, and he can run the ball, too, when he starts doing the RPO stuff. So, um you know, the, the weirdest thing about uh, this matchup for me, Dave, is both of these teams beat the Chiefs, yet both of these teams lost to the Jets. <laughs> that does not make sense, dude. <laughs> that just does not make sense. All right. Well, let's transition over from Tennessee's offense to Cincinnati's defense by saying this. Tennessee ranked fifth in rushing offense, but just 24th in passing offense, whereas the Bengals' defense was fifth in rush defense, and 26th versus the pass. So it's sort of like strength on strength and weakness on weakness when it comes to this matchup. And, you know, that plays into what the Titans do, though. They can struggle with this thing, keep it close, and then at yep. the end find a way to win it. You mentioned Cincy. They were really good against the run there, and uh, they brought over Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans, and this He's guy has been awesome for them. Uh, linebacking core is pretty strong, and it's just, a you know, Besides Hendrickson, nobody really stands out as a, a dominating player, but they are pretty good. They brought over in the back end um, Cheeto from the Cowboys, and he's actually been one of the highest ranks, ranking cornerbacks on this squad. So um, they just got to keep it close, and and we'll see what happens there. But, Dave, the, uh, the Cincy offense is pretty damn explosive. <laughs> yes, they are. They are. And I'll just roll this one out because it's such a nice one. First team ever with a 4,000-yard passer with Burrow, a 1,000-yard rusher with Mixon, and two 1,000-yard receivers in Jamar Chase, the rookie, as well as T. Higgins. And this is the key. They're all under 26 years old. Yeah, dude, all playing on those cheap contracts except for Mixon. So um, <laughs> they have a chance to be something very special here, dude. And I got into it a little bit earlier. Jamar Chase, dude, he was unstoppable in that Raiders game. Nine grabs for 116, and yeah. he was just always open. So <laughs> He um, sure was. And he's not even the one that got into the end zone. You know, that was Boyd, who's kind of a forgotten man in here. But he can slice. He does some really nice stuff out of the slot. And this year... Dude, Joe Mixon's been able to stay healthy, and he is a big part of this offense. He's good out of the backfield and that strong uh, power run game as well. So um, Joey B is getting a little cocky wearing his Elton John sunglasses and um, smoking, that was, the yeah, smoking the stogies there. But, uh, yeah. you know, with good reason. He got the uh, the Bengals uh, playoff win since hadn't happened since 91. So I guess he's earned that, right? Yeah, and Joe Mixon has done a good job also out of the backfield. It's 1,200-plus yards from scrimmage along with his, uh, you know, in including his 1,000 yards uh, of rushing. And then let's not forget uh, Ozuma. Ozuma, I, am I getting it right? Close enough. Tight, yeah, <laughs> we'll say it different every time. Um, he had a touchdown last week. He seems to come up in big moments uh, here and there and is also a productive member. You can't uh, focus on him even with all the other dudes out there, Chase Higgins and Boyd. So uh, a lot of weapons for the Spengals offense. Uh, but moving over to the Titans defense, this was a very, very good run defense during the regular season. Not so good against the pass. That might be a situation here against that uh, Bengals offense that um, was seventh in passing. 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Can either of these teams get the run game going? And, you know, the Titans, you said they're really good against the rush. The best thing about this Titans defense is their toughness, man. They look just like Coach Vrabel. So um, which one of these teams will get the run going? And if they can't, you know, maybe they start airing it out. This game could be like a a 17 to 13 win, or it could be like a 42 to 35. It's going to be interesting to see if either of those defenses can hold up and who's going to take advantage, man. This is going to be a, it's a very intriguing matchup, dude. I'm completely stoked for this game. Yeah, totally. And I, I would think if it's a, if it's a lower scoring game, then it benefits the Titans. They know how to win ugly. They've done it all the time. They've done it for years under under Vrabel since he's gotten yeah. there. And then this Bengals team, they want to put up points and they want to they want to turn this thing uh, into a um, shootout for sure. It's going to be fun. All right. Up next, it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. Packers hosting this one um, after taking the week off last week. And they are favored by five and a half. Yeah, with good reason, Dave. They're the only team that was undefeated at home during the regular season, an eight and zero. But um, you probably want to start this off with uh, that Green Bay offense. Yeah, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's pretty good, arguably uh, putting up um, his second six straight MVP season. He seems to be the presumptive favorite in that category. This team, eighth in passing, just 18th in rushing, but a really good overall offense um, over there for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, obviously starts with winning their division, which they've done three years in a row. Um, but you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, one of the best to ever do it. And it seems like he can get Devontae going anytime that he wants. It's yeah. Like people know that they're playing him for that. And it still doesn't seem to matter there. But I really love the one-two punch at running back there. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Jones, top five running back in the league. He does a lot of the uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. And he can run in between the tackles, too. But they really love to hammer with A.J. Dillon. And I love that combination. You got a little more top-end speed with Jones. But you got that hammer with Dillon. And uh, you just... Last week, that pass rush with the front four really hurt the Cowboys. I don't see that happening to Aaron Rodgers, who get rid of the ball quickly, and yeah. he can also get out of the pocket and find stuff and really extend the play, dude. Yeah, and you mentioned it. Both, both Jones and Dylan, <clears throat> great running backs, and they're both both even though one's like smaller and shiftier, and the other is like, a, you know, just a pounder. But they both are good receivers out of the backfield. Dylan with over three hundred. Uh, yards receiving on the season uh, obviously uh, a nice one-two punch like a thunder and lightning kind of a mix there but both guys can do both things so it's yeah. a very versatile uh one-two punch there and i i mean it, how you know what can you say without bringing up Devonte adams you mentioned it i mean he's always he's always going to be the go-to guy for aaron Rodgers on in a critical situation and they move him all over the field, dude. He can do it on the slot. He can be on the wide. He can get you with the slant. He can get you with the post. He can get you with the fade. It's just the, the chemistry between those two is uh, really fun to watch unless, you know, your team is in the NFC North. But other than that, dude, it's a show. Yeah. Well, I right, move it over to the San Francisco defense that ranked fifth in the NFL in total defense, sixth versus the pass, seventh versus the rush. Very, very balanced defense. Got some really talented guys like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner on that side that uh, that get a lot of 
uh, accolades and just uh, justifiably so. Yeah, and they're going to be in deep trouble if both of those guys can't go. Bosa left last week with the concussion early on. And then Warner, we thought it was much worse when we saw him leave the game. It was one of those non-contact with the knee just crippled. We were kind of shocked to hear that it was an ankle and not a knee. So hopefully those guys can go so the the Niners can be at full strength. But, um, you know, they were really impressive how much pressure they actually got just sending four last week. It was really like the Cowboys – didn't think that was going to happen and it continued to happen. I mean, Dak got hit at least 15 times and he was under constant duress. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to try that same thing with Rogers. Rogers a little more agile, but that's where they make their money is that pressure with the front four and not having to send someone else and then dropping seven into coverage. Right. And that's, a, that's that it allows them to have the seven back. Like you just said, and, and at the same time, that front four can really handle the run very well too. Nick Bosa with 21 tackles for loss. So ideally, obviously, they have Bosa and Warner. If they if they aren't able to have those guys, it'll be a significant um, uh, setback for the, for their defense. But uh, they all work. It's the four the the front four that really really does uh, do a lot of damage for them. All right, moving over to the San Francisco offense, eighth in total offense, Casey. Um, so it's a pretty good offense. They like to run the football. Yeah, and if you, you know, put Jimmy's numbers from last week in a vacuum, you're like, what? Those guys won? (laughs) Right, right. That's taking away all the rushing yards, dude. Elijah Mitchell, man, this cat, what can you say about him? A six-rounder. We thought going into the season, Trey Sermon, you know, would eventually take that job there. Um, You had Mostert, too, at the beginning of the year, and you had other dudes, too, that were, I mean, I don't know how buried – Elijah Mitchell was on the depth chart when the, when the season started. Yeah, obviously they had uh, their eyes on him in the draft and they liked him. But um, yeah, this is a, a a very very pleasant surprise. And then you add in you know Debo's rushing yards too and wow. his rushing touchdowns. It's it was a tough uh, you know it's a great rushing offense. And if they can stay where they can run the football and take all the pressure off of Jimmy G. They're going to stay. Uh, they're going to be able to be in this game. It was a couple years ago when they were hosting these Packers, and I think Jimmy had to throw it like eight times or something, and then the Packers just could not stop the run. running game. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they get that going. And George Kittle, man, this guy is one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. They didn't really have a big plan for him last week against the Cowboys other then two block, which he did extremely well. And then yeah. once you think he's just blocking, he sneaks out and he's got the potential to take a short pass um, all the way to. So um, if they can stay in their comfort zone, that's great. And I know I've been crapping all over Jimmy G's passing, but um, Brandon Ayuk is a major weapon for this offense as well. So there are players on the perimeter and they can get it going downfield. Yeah, and and <laughs> you talked about Kittle's blocking. He said he'd he'd just as soon plaster somebody than score a touchdown. You know that's how he likes to play. And Debo Samuel as uh, like he's got about 365 rush yards on the season, so really turns into a running back when he gets the ball in his hands. And they love him on that little jet sweep uh, to get him the football, and just a different way of getting him the ball than throwing it to him. They can hand it off to him out of the backfield. I mean, he's so versatile. And Jennings didn't have a ton of catches last week, but he had some big ones. Same in the Rams game, a couple yeah, of huge true. conversions on long third downs. So lots of weapons there. But if you're the pack, you want to definitely make Jimmy beat you. No question. Green Bay defensively, uh, 11th in yards given up, 10th versus the pass, 
and the run. So it's a nicely balanced defense that the Packers are fielding. Obviously, um, they're going to have they're going to be challenged, certainly in the run game to start with. Yeah, dude. And um, I think that they're going to get um, Zadarius Smith back for this one, which would be a big help. And the Packers had moments during the season when the defense looked really, really strong. And then other points when they just kind of got run on and and couldn't slow anybody down. I guess it's, you know, when you're 13 and three or 14 and three, whatever it was, <laughs> that you're doing a pretty good job on defense. But with as explosive as they are on offense, they don't need the defense to do a ton of stuff. Just get a couple timely stops. But these guys seem to know how to ramp it up yeah. when the postseason comes on, especially there at Lambeau. No question about it, dude. I guess you would think that the Packers would be leaning towards trying to move the scoreboard up, whereas the San Francisco team might want to run the ball, pound it, kind of run the clock a little bit. We'll see what the weather is like in Green Bay this weekend, what kind of football the weather will allow. Yeah, and Rasul Douglas, dude, five picks on the season, man. Jimmy, better watch out. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy all but gave the game away with that pick last week. So, yeah, avoid the mistake, and, and they can keep themselves uh, uh, right there in this game. All right, up next, Casey, it's our Los Angeles Rams cruising to Tampa Bay to play the reigning Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Buccaneers at home favored by three and a half. We'll get it started with the Tampa Bay offense that ranked second in the NFL in scoring at over 30 points a game and uh, also second in total offense at over 400 yards a game, but not the greatest run team. No, but that could change if they get a uh, postseason Lenny back in the mix. He sat out <laughs> last week and it didn't right. seem to matter. You mentioned uh, Keyshawn Vaughn there had a really nice game and they even had Gio Bernard in there. So if they can get healthy at running back, I don't know what if Ronald Jones is um, supposed to come back or not, but uh, yeah. you see how prolific this Tampa offense was mm -hmm. um, during the season and that's kind of when Tom is just getting stuff tweaked and fine-tuning it for the postseason, dude. He knows what's going on here. Lost a couple of big weapons. Obviously, no Chris Godwin. Um, lost him a few weeks ago. And then yeah. uh, A.B. is going to, obviously, he's been let go from this team, too. But it doesn't seem to matter. Tom's just like, plug anybody in, and we're all good. Yeah. They yeah. did get a little beat up on the offensive line. Um, last week with Worfs and Jensen, I think both those guys are going to play. Worfs was in a um, walking boot earlier in the week. We'll see what happens. But Tom gets the ball out so quickly, and he's going to need to do that because up front for the Rams, they're pretty tough there. And the Rams actually kicked the crap out of the uh, Bucks earlier in the season. So you know that's in the back of Tom's mind. Mm -hmm. But that Rams defense, man, from what we saw last uh, Monday night against the Cardinals, was super impressive. Yeah, in fact, the Rams defense, it seemed like in the middle of the season, uh, you know, and I was, obviously, we watch all the games here in Los Angeles, you know, I was like, you know, this isn't the Rams defense from last year, blah, blah, blah. But, and they weren't, they weren't. That was the number one defense in the league, but they have really shaped into form. And now they're ranked sixth in the NFL in rushing defense. And we know, obviously, at all three levels with Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey, they have a superstar. And, Von Miller came in. He was banged up to start the season. He needed yeah. to knock the rust off and stuff. Now Von Miller has kind of found his rhythm. He's got six sacks, uh, 10 tackles for loss in the nine games that he has played with the Rams. And he's found uh, really timely sacks uh, that really sort of game changing sacks that are like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's forcing a punt, you know. Yeah, I I really loved what they did on Monday night. 
If, I guess if there's an area of concern, it would be at the safety position there. Obviously, if you're yeah. calling Eric Weddle, who's not been in the league for over a year, off of the beaches to come in and play, um, you got to wonder what's going on with that. And if there is a weakness there, you know Tom Brady's going to find it. You know <laughs> he right. figures out the game plan. It's like doing a Rubik's cube. You have to finish. Yeah. You know, at the beginning you see all the different colors, and as it goes on, he starts matching those sides. So yeah. it's definitely going to be a chess match. And you know Tom Brady usually wins that if you give him enough time. But depends if those guys up front can you know cause some turnovers or get some hits on him. Tom does not like the uh, contact. No, he does not like the contact, dude. And. Um... And like Arian said, as soon as he figures you out, it's over. Yeah. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. So that secondary with Weddle, they didn't have to be cha- – they weren't challenged basically mm-hmm. last week from uh, the Cardinals. Unfortunately, the Cardinals just were overwhelmed in that game. And uh, we didn't have to see much of Weddle. But uh, he'll have another week of practice under his belt. So uh, I hope he'll be ready uh, out, out there this week. Let's move it on over to the Rams on offense. Yeah, and, you know, obviously you talk about Matt Stafford getting his first playoff win, yeah. and there was a lot of uh, MVP talk of him. Down the stretch, threw a few pick sixes and a lot of interceptions, kind of cooled off of that. But last week he had a really nice game, didn't have to do too much. But, dude, Cooper Cup, bro, this guy is insane. I think he had like 190 targets on the year. He just gets open. You can't cover him one-on-one. Um, they're really going to have to bracket this guy, make it be somebody else. But now that somebody else could be OBJ, yeah. who's really finding a nice niche in this offense, Dave. But shockingly, last week, McVay stuck with the run. I think they had 11 runs in the first quarter, and that's not something we've seen out of him. And if they're able to do that against the Bucks, that makes this offense uh, very hard to stop, dude. Yeah, no question. Seventh uh, scoring uh, offense in the league at, at over 27 points a game. Ninth in total offense uh, in terms of yardage, 370 plus yards. You mentioned it. It was a nice combination of Sony Michelle and Cam Akers last week. Cam just had really one big run and then just kind of uh, a handful of other runs. But just getting him kind of back into the rhythm there. And Sony yeah. Michelle, right off the bat, you could see, hey, they're they're running the ball and they're, they're pounding some big holes there. Um, Whitworth, the the uh, the tackle, did get banged up in that game, replaced by Noteboom, uh, who has played well for the Rams. Um, but hopefully he'll be uh, back in action. But uh, like you said last week, Cooper Cup is so good that the Cardinals were hyper-focused on him. And it was just Odell Beckham here, Odell Beckham there, then Tyler Higby for a touchdown. I mean, everything was clicking. And then in the end, it ended up being Cooper Cup that got a touchdown too. So everything was rolling for the Rams. Yeah, Van Jefferson, baby. We talked about him a couple weeks ago trying to get this guy involved in the offense. I know there's only one football to go around, but when all those guys are clicking, that makes it tough to play defense. All right, let's move it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are third in the NFL in rushing defense. They had a little bit of a lapse there towards the end of the season. They certainly shorted up last week uh, in playoff action. Fifth in points given up at just over 20 points a game. Pretty good. Yeah, dude, and that defense... Last week against Philly, I was like, oh, yeah, the Bucks do play great defense. It seems like yeah. they're getting healthy, too, man. Oh, and yeah, the they're Green... the Super Bowl champions that yeah. dismantled the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And we saw a lot of that last week. I mean, they yeah. shut that Philly run game down when it mattered, gave up some yards late when the, the game was kind of already out of hand. But if they pick up that form they had last year, I'm telling you, dude, between David White and Barrett, that might be the uh, – 
the best linebacking core mm-hmm. in the the league. And then obviously up front, you got Sue and Vita Vea, man. They can get that pressure up the middle and make it uncomfortable on everybody out there. And the, you know, the third level two Winfield had the, the awesome rookie year last year. Um, this is just a, a, a strong defense. They're taking on, like I said, Tom knows he's just tweaking it for the postseason. That's what feels like is going on with this defense too. Was it, I think it was, it was either Baird or David had that sick interception last week too. just mm-hmm. skied up, got the tip and brought it down. So oh, yeah, that was right. These too. guys know what time it is, dude. And, uh, but they are definitely going to have their hands full with that Rams offense. Yeah. Okay. Let's just take a quick look at the quarterbacks in comparison. Tom Brady, 35 postseason wins. Stafford won. <laughs> right. Tom Brady so, had more postseason wins than the whole uh, slew of quarterbacks on all 14 teams last week. It's like, damn. <laughs> all right. That is it uh, for that game, Casey. Moving on to the, the final game of the weekend. It'll be the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. This game has got oh, so much excitement uh, building on this game. Chiefs at home favored by just two and a half. Interesting. Chiefs on offense, Casey, third in total offense, right? Even though they were Chiefs are in disarray to start the season, right? Five, six games into it. We didn't know what was happening. They're fourth in scoring at over 28 points a game, fourth in passing. They're the best third down offense in the NFL. I mean, they're hitting all the categories, dude. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to beat those bills, you keep that offense off the field, kind of yeah. like the same approach you take to this Chiefs offense. But, you know, the problem for them earlier in the season was all the turnovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just killing them in games. And plus, they rebuilt that offensive line yep, from the end of last it. year. Uh, Creed Humphrey, dude, this guy is, I'm going to say, the best center in the league already. You might have a Damn little it. debate with that, but yeah, he's really coming to his own. The coaching staff said when he was at Oklahoma, he was the best player on the team, regardless of position. And mm-hmm. he's brought that leadership to this squad. And since they've gotten that offensive line to kind of gel there and cut out that turnover crap, um, it's been the, this prolific offense. And in the past, it was only Kelsey or Hill. But even last week, they started getting these other guys involved in the offense and it made all the difference in the world. Yeah, the other guys uh, definitely were contributing. And, and defenses changed the way they played the Chiefs. We'll see how the, the Bills play them. They were playing a lot more uh, two deep safeties and not giving up that underneath stuff early in the season. You were right. Patrick Mahomes was impatient. He was throwing picks. That was making the defense look worse than they really were because they were giving up more points than they needed to uh, with short fields and stuff like that. But now... Reed and Mahomes have found a way to dial it in. They're patient. They don't mind getting the 8 to 12, 14 play drive that takes half a quarter up. And uh, that'll be interesting to see if they're able to do that against this Buffalo defense, Casey. That is the number one defense in total defense in terms of yards given up. The number one defense in terms of points given up at just 17 points a game. And the number one pass defense and the number one third down defense in the NFL. Who knew? But that, other than that, yeah, who knew that this Bills this came out of nowhere, kind of for me as I were approaching the playoffs. Like, damn, this defense is good. And dude, it was really that Micah Hyde interception on that first Patriots drive that, like, kind of ended. He didn't the game. only steal the ball; he stole the game right yeah. there. You didn't think it would happen that quick, but it just yeah. like, oh, Patriots are driving, going now, zoom. And got that thing in the end zone, and they really turned it on, man. They're super aggressive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, they're kind of good everywhere. And sneaky, you didn't think that about them because you're so enamored with the offense. But um, right. Leslie Frazier's got them playing some really good defense there. But they'll have their obviously their biggest test of the season, um, you know, this week against the, the Chiefs. And the, the Bills did beat the Chiefs early in the season, but that's when they weren't playing their best football. So uh, it's a rematch from last year when the Chiefs sent the Bills home uh, right. in the AFC Championship. So um, revenge on their factor. But, Dave, when you watch these teams gel, you know, the, the first year that the, the Chiefs were good enough to win a Super Bowl, they lost in the AFC Championship. It kind of takes a two- or three-year build to kind of get there and know what's going on. We talked yeah. about that a little bit with the Bills, especially the offense uh, last week, and it seems like they're putting all that together now. You know, you learn how to win from your losses. As cliche as that might sound, it's kind of yeah. true in the postseason. No question. And then and and obviously when you face a Bill Belichick coach team like they did last week and absolutely take them apart, uh, it, it is it is an impressive, impressive deal. Uh, you mentioned Singletary uh, running the ball better. Um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Singletary. Moving, yeah. So moving on to the Bills offense, um, only the Bills are the only team. This is sort of a transition between the Bills defense and offense. The only team that ranked in the top five in total offense and total defense. So a very uh, balanced team uh, ranking fifth in total offense overall, third in points per game, ninth in passing and sixth in rushing. And they're third best on third down too. So they're really, really balanced in getting it done in pretty much run, pass, and obviously the legs of Josh Allen as well. Yeah, I think Josh Allen is why they were ranked so high with the rushing attack there. But it is been like the last month or so that Singletary kind of got that going. And I was just so impressed with everything they did last week. It was like it was all working. It wasn't just, you know, Diggs or Allen running. It was everybody. And Dawson Knox, dude, with two touchdowns last week. And Gabriel with the huge catch when you need it. Yep. You know, McKenzie there and Cole Beasley. So I was. It was just so proficient last week. And mm-hmm. that was, like you mentioned, a Bill Belichick defense that they yeah. just completely dismantled, man. That yeah. When I saw that game Saturday night, I was like, oh, crap. These guys could win the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. And then I, I think saw, everybody you know, that. Yeah. Then I saw the Chiefs on Sunday. I was like, oh, they're going to have their hands full. Yeah. Um, this is going to be an outstanding game. Um, yeah. Like I said, the Bills can do it in a number of ways. And I think Josh Allen has learned from some of that, um, you know, those postseason frustrations. I agree. Like you said, getting close and not getting there. Those are experiences that really fuel you uh, the next time you get a chance there. Talk about this Kansas City defense. They were awful for the first six weeks or seven weeks or whatever it is. Um, But and then and then since then, they've been really, really good. But overall, 27th in yards given up, which isn't great. And 27th against the pass, 21st against the run, eighth in points given up. So sort of a bend but don't break uh, kind of a situation there uh, for the Chiefs defense. So uh, but they've obviously they 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 dug themselves a statistical hole in the beginning of the season. And now they're playing a lot better. Obviously, part of that has to do with bringing over uh, the former Chaja, if I may be so bold, uh, because I think that allowed Chris Jones to really do his thing. And let's <laughs> Chris Jones. What can you yeah, say? you know, I think uh, one, Chris Jones wasn't healthy at the beginning of the season, two, and they were kind of playing him out of position and three, it was all those freaking turnovers that the offenses were giving them, right. putting them on short fields, bad situations. I mean, they were lousy with turnovers early on. 
And uh, the last half of the season, they really tightened that crap up. Chris Jones, dude, can take over a game by himself, yes. and he's kind of going to need that against that Bills um, offense there. Frank Clark has been pretty solid, too. In the back end, you have uh, the honey badger Tyron Matthew back there. So Always hungry for the football. Under yeah. Such a high, high IQ. Yeah, and they, you know, if they can play the game, uh, scoring with their offense, put pressure on the Bills, maybe then get a couple turnovers there. But they were playing great down the stretch. And Dave, I'll give up 400 yards passing if I hold you to, you know, 20 points, make you kick right. some field goals. The eighth in points given is really what stands out to me as what matters for a defense. Move up and down the field. If I hold right. you out the end zone, I don't care. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the only statistic that ultimately does matter. And Spagnola has really uh, gotten this team to play better and better throughout the course of the season. You mentioned it. The the turnovers on offense got cleaned up. And on defense, you know, when they're this, – this is a Chiefs defense that's been built around leading football games yeah. and attacking the quarterback. And that's um, what they were a- weren't able to do in the first six weeks or so. And now um, they're definitely – able to do that and um melvin ingram was the guy i was talking about they brought him over at the linebacker position he sort of just gave him another piece there to move around uh at the linebacker position i think sort of one more weapon to to add to frank clark chris jones and tyron matthew for those guys to really make big plays yeah melvin really didn't do anything when he was with the steelers and i don't know if he was in tomlin's doghouse or what it was but he seems to have a renewed lease on football, mm-hmm. we saw obviously the uh, the play against Melvin Gordon in week uh, 18. <laughs> Melvin on Melvin. Out. Yeah, and he had a, an outstanding game last week. So yeah, yeah. Um, just a veteran, yeah, moving a veteran cog into one of those places. And kind of much like the Bucks, they've had so much success. The regular season gets a little boring, and you know when you really have to turn it on. And same with Andy Reid. They have the formula. They know you know, what it takes moving forward here. And, uh, man, they are going to have their hands full, dude, uh, with these bills. Dude, I'm just so intrigued by this game, man. It's it's a fascinating matchup. And who's going to show up? Can the younger bills match, you know, the uh, the experience of this Chiefs squad? We're going to find out, dude. And the yeah. winner of this game has got a good chance of moving on. To yeah, the big- representing the AFC, no question. This is going to be. There's a reason they stuck this puppy on on uh, the the last game of the, the weekend because this one, it, it, it's just man, it, it jumps out. Woo! Heck of a matchup. All right, it's going to be an amazing divisional round this weekend, Casey. Super pumped. I know. Is this still the best uh, weekend in all of sports, even with the super wild card weekend? I mean, some <laughs> of those games sucked, so it didn't get the bang, yeah. but. This is the heavyweight, baby. This is the one. The top eight teams in the league going against each other. uh, And, you you know, you get to go to the championship game for your conference. And that gives you the right to go to the Super Bowl. This weekend is um, where it's all at, dude. So it's going to be super awesome. I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, That is going to do it for this episode of Trend Zone. Casey, so many ways to check out the football dudes. We're available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. Enjoy the divisional round of the playoffs. I know I will. So will you, Casey. For Casey, I'm Dave. We are out of here.